you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, it's Aaron Donald. We locked back in. Let's go get us another ring. Why not? In SoFi Stadium, getting the chills thinking about it. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. That's what we do each and every day here on Good Morning Football, no matter the season, no matter the month. It's summer. There are other things going on. There are other sports going on. We talk football with Will Salva, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Peter Schrager. Y'all caught up on Stranger Things, Peter? No, I have not (laughs) caught up on Stranger Things. I still got to get through Loki and Boba Fett, but I got Aaron Donald news. I know that. I'm caught up on what matters, Kyle. He started the show with Boba Boba Fett. Fett. Let's start the show with the lead block. Peter, proud to do it, too. Let's go. Good morning, football. Lead block. So here's the deal. Big, 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 big news from the big man in L.A. Maybe the greatest defensive player of all time at the later segment. Restructured his deal, the Rams did, to make him the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. The one with the pen right down there on the field. And guess who has all the inside details? It's the rap sheet. Take it away, Ian. The biggest question for the Los Angeles Rams, the Super Bowl winning Los Angeles Rams this offseason was, was star defensive tackle Aaron Donald going to be back or was he going to retire? That question was answered in a very, very big way on Monday afternoon. Sources say that Aaron Donald and the Rams agreed to terms on a $40 million raise. Yes, $40 million raise for Aaron Donald. He now gets $95 million over three years. This is not a contract extension. It's not money tacked on to the back of the deal. This is a straight up raise. And this deal, this historic deal that makes the 31-year-old the highest paid non-QB in NFL history is just a fascinating one. Essentially what it is, is a two-year, $65 million fully guaranteed deal. If Aaron Donald wants to come back for a third year, then that would be for $30 million. They can discuss that if and when the time comes. But for now, at 31, after pondering retirement, the most important thing to know is not just that Aaron Donald, another, another, 
another very large check is that the Rams get their big-time star back. Ian said a $40 million raise. Look at this list. Highest-paid non-quarterbacks right now. You got Donald and Tyreek, T.J. Watt, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. That's the big five. A couple Super Bowl champions in there, including, of course, Donald, who then went shirtless at the parade. Let's break this thing down right now. Peter, uh, I know you've been uh, binging Moon Knight and trying to get all the episodes in, but in the meantime, you've also uh, been very close to the Rams organization, the Brain Trust, the McVeighs, and the Sneeds of the world. What do you make of this deal, Peter, and what do you think it makes means for the Rams? Yeah, this deal was in motion last week, and it was on the I Am Athlete podcast that Aaron Donald came out and said that he might not return, and this isn't a slam dunk, and I immediately was called to action on our week off, and I'm calling all sources in Los Angeles, and don't worry, that was filmed last week, we're in a lot better place this week, and then by Monday, this deal was done. I could tell you that Aaron Donald right here, it wasn't just a leverage point, the retirement talk. It wasn't just a way to make more money. Truth of the matter was, they came to Donald, and when I say they, it's basically Sean McVay, and said, hey look, if you wanna retire, you've done enough in your career, you're 31 years old, you've got eight-time All-Pro, three-time defense player, if you wanna retire, that's, that's awesome. Good luck, and we will support you in that thing, obviously. If you wanna play still, and it's a money thing, let's come to terms on it, let's figure this out. And when they have an organization that they do where they've got guys in the front office like Tony Pastores who does the salary cap and Les Snead and of course Kevin Demoff, the president, and an owner who wants nothing more than to put a product that is going to win football games and support the players he loves on the field, it can happen. And people say, well, the salary cap doesn't exist. No, they do a lot of maneuvering. You have to work hard at it and you have to have an owner who's willing to say, yeah, go for it, do it, green light, green light. And a coach who's willing to get that for those players. Aaron Donald, it comes to terms, they make it happen. I was at this wedding this past weekend that he was there. He was in great spirits with his wife, Erica. We spoke for a while and like, I didn't bring up the contract, but everyone there told me, Aaron and the Rams are in good place. By Monday, it goes down. And the next guy up is Cooper Cup. And I, and I gotta think Cooper Cup's next. Like, th this isn't a team that just rests on its laurels. Cooper Cup's contract, he's already signed one major contract after his rookie deal. It, it's the next one. And you look at guys like Adams and Tyreek, and Cooper Cup is there, he's in the building, he has not been shying away from it. It's not like he's holding out. But I think it's understood that Cooper Cup is up next. And this organization, they find a way. They take care of their own, and they make it work. And I'd love to hear what Maurice has to say, but I also know that Selva's gonna explain a bit more why they are able to do this, and it is because of the end of the roster talent that they accumulate at such low cost. But MJD, you're with that team every week. You do the radio for the Rams. What do you make of this deal? Well, Peter, I'll be there tomorrow, actually, uh, firsthand to get to kind of see everything, but let's just talk about this a little bit before we talk about Aaron Donald. The Rams have done this multiple times. Robert Woods, maybe three or four years ago when he signed his deal uh, coming from Buffalo, almost hit a milestone to, get him a mil to give him a million dollars. They sat him because they were going to the playoffs, and yet the Rams still cut the check. Good business is good business, and that's what you love about the Los Angeles Rams. They do a phenomenal job of taking care of their players. Yes, you're under contract, but we know you outperformed that contract, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, whoever else it may be, and you go on. Now, look, I mean, he's broken record after record after record. Now he's just chasing rings, and I think the biggest thing when you talk about Aaron Donald or the Rams going, for going forward, excuse me, the best thing about it is the slogan is run it back. That's what they care about. We're going to run this thing back. The big piece, the Jenga piece, Aaron Donald is there. Now they can make all the other moves they need to do to move forward. 
MJD, top five defensive player of all time, committed to the Rams for a while now. And Peter, you touched upon it. I guess it wasn't really a ploy or a nudge to get the Rams to pay up more, but it certainly helped when he told the Rams, ah, and he was telling the world, I'm comfortable if I retire. I'd be happy if I retire this offseason. Now, Donald reportedly signed with Kanye West's marketing agency, and that signaled to me a contract was coming, right? You can't have marketing deals if you don't have a career. And he told the podcast it was a no-brainer and this was a no-brainer for the Rams. They do a great job drafting in later rounds that allows them to get deals done with Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, and now Aaron Donald. Here it is, a roster littered with guys like this. Major contributors, Tyler Higby, taken in the fourth round, Cooper Cup, third round, Brian Allen, center, fourth round, Daryl Henderson, third round, Jordan Fuller, sixth round. So the Rams are doing it up right. Les Need saying, F them picks? No, 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 it's F yeah these picks because this is the talent that they have that surrounds these superstars, Kyle, that makes this engine go. And got to give kudos to Les Snead and that scouting department, Kyle, because they are finding guys and guys who are contributing right away. I think it's funny (laughs) that you're pointing out a full screen of all Rams draft picks when they're supposedly religiously against them. Is it all right if I inject just a little bit of skepticism into this? I'm just going to do it to round this thing out. So you're telling me this deal that they didn't get anything else. The Rams got no more years. They didn't extend the existing contracts. They just said, we love you. You're the best. Here's $40 million because we feel like you deserve it. All right. Is he going to be the same player in three years? Is he going to be the same player in two years? Let me just, I just put it out there for the sake of being like, Damn, this is a lot of money for a defensive tackle, even if you might be the best defensive player in NFL history. Just putting that out there, but I will say they have earned the right when they point to the Lombardi to be like, don't worry about it, talking head guy. We know what we're doing with our players and our picks. Did you see us in the Super Bowl? I did, and I saw him pull down Joe Burrow to win the ring, but we're burying the lead in this entire conversation. Peter just flirted with it. I don't know what you guys did the Monday after your wedding. Sean McVay was on a Sirius XM radio interview yesterday after his wedding. And Peter, he said, well, we had a feeling it was trending in the right direction when he was at my wedding on Saturday night, (laughs) talking about Aaron Donald. So bring us back into wherever the hell he had this thing in Bel Air or whatever. Donald is there. He's there in the in the talks, and he and McVeigh are getting along. Was there any talk of it? And Peter, it'd be crazy to say that this thing happened over a few uh, Magnum bottles of champagne. Did it play any role in it? Take us back. I think it was done already. So in the cocktail hour, uh, here come the name drops. I'm standing there, and it's my wife, and we're and we're hanging around it's it's an open room and Stafford comes over with his wife and we're talking and then Donald comes in and I'm thinking to myself oh my god like all right reporter hat on here Aaron Donald's at the wedding and I don't know where they are with their contract but he and Stafford dapped it up and then Aaron Donald introduced himself to my wife I met his wife we're talking for a while and I'm like this guy's in a very good place right now smiling hugging the front office guys at the wedding and I'm like oh and then of course Uh it comes out yesterday and the word is this thing had been put in place long before the wedding and it was last week so that maybe Aaron Donald wouldn't have been there had this deal not been done but uh quite a wedding gift for Mr. McVeigh that yes I'm coming back it's just going to cost your organization about 32 million dollars a year to have me. All right, Pro Football Hall of Famer Brian Dawkins appearing on NFL Total Access yesterday, and the crew asked him about his unique nickname, Weapon X. Here's what he had to say. 
as I begin to really look at my locker and some things put two to two together. I love Wolverine. He's Weapon X. And so we played in the playoffs one time and they were asking me questions about him. And so like it, that fits so much because of how Jim Johnson used me in the defense all over the place, right? So a Weapon X on the field. Weapon X is such a great nickname. Guys, I know you've got your favorites. P. Shrakes, so let me start with you. Favorite all-time NFL nickname? You know, there's so many great ones, obviously, and these have been lists on Bleacher Report since I started typing into my computer, but sure. I gotta go old school. <laughs> I'm going with Bambi for one of the greatest wide receivers ever, Lance Allworth, oh. 11 years with the Chargers, ran like the wind, and for a football player, so tough, so strong, so proud, to be nicknamed Bambi, it was just perfect. It's like wonderful deer just running into a pasture. I love, love, love any nickname that goes against the type and you'd think that a football player with grass in his teeth, no, 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 Bambi, because he ran like a deer and it was just such, such poetic motion. I'm going Lance Allworth, Bambi, Chargers, Powder Blues, let's go. Yeah, so guys, you know, I, I'm a Madden guy. I used to play Madden all the time. And this is the only reason I know this guy because he wasn't, he was playing when I wasn't around. I'm going to go with Dick Night Train Lane. Like, that just sounded yes. like he was about business. Right? I like when it. He played with him on Madden. He's a 6'4 corner safety that just dominated people in ward number 81. Like, it was unreal. <laughs> now, like I said, I wasn't around when there were, there was, you know, black and white TVs, but. This dude just made play after play, and he must have been nightmares for opposing quarterbacks when they tried to throw the football. And he's probably the biggest dude out there as well. So for me, especially when I was playing the Mutt series in Madden, it was Dick Night Train Lane. Hey, listen, I think Peter's all over this. I used to read slideshows about best NFL nicknames on AOL Fan House back in the day. And probably around that time, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers decided to spend a first-round draft pick on a running back from Boise State, and his name was Doug Martin, and he immediately became known as the Muscle Hamster. You remember the Muscle Hamster. We didn't really know what to make of that nickname. We didn't know what it was. It sounded sort of dirty, but it sounded really fun. The problem is, Doug Martin was not feeling the Muscle Hamster. He was trying to disavow it. He did not like to be called that. There's usually two stages in not liking your nickname. One, you're all grumpy and cantankerous about it. The other one is you try to come up with an alternative. And Doug Martin, the Muscle Hamster, came out and said, no, 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 I'm the Duggernaut. And the entire world said, okay, whatever you say, Muscle Hamster. I'm sorry you don't like it, Doug, but it was a memorable <laughs> nickname. There was plenty of marketing opportunities. You could have ran with it. It would have been big, and I wish you would embrace it. Oh, Muscle Hamster, nice. Doug Martin, we love you, buddy. Uh, for me, it was a Nigerian nightmare. Christian Okoye was built like a bathtub, <laughs> would throw guys around like rag dolls. This man was a beast. Didn't start playing football until he was 23. Also one of the best, all-time best, Tecmo players of all time. He was the best. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. 
Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. But let's say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good morning, football! Let's talk more Los Angeles. It's funny because uh, Aaron Donald's getting a $40 million raise. In a couple years from now, he may have to ask Justin Herbert for a loan. Why do I ask that? Because Herbert is this young superstar and the Chargers are loaded as always and they seem to be trending up. What's going to come of this? You know, Herbert was talking uh, yesterday about the culture that's going on with these Los Angeles Chargers, the future, where things are headed. He had this to say. Let's have a listen. I think it speaks a lot to our team culture. Um, you know, those guys believe in each other, and uh, I think it's going to pay off huge uh, when, when we need it to. And uh, just having everyone together, believing in each other, you know, we're building something special. And, um, you know, that's what Coach Daly said all along, so I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you, Bridget Condon, for that. Well, right. let's, let's start with you. It's, we, we see the quote, and the Chargers are building something special. Peter hit this yesterday. It's June. We're excited about the Chargers. Right. We've been excited about many Chargers teams, although this one does feel different. Sure. So if you look across the entire AFC, or keep it in L.A., Will, who is this young quarterback you look at in the AFC who really has to deliver this year? I mean, we got to go big, big, big-time performance. Pick anybody you want. Kyle, I'm going to pick the guy we just heard from. He's obviously shown okay. the talent that we expected from him. He's also put up the numbers as well. If you look at what he's done in his first two seasons, the most passing yards, Justin Herbert won, Andrew Luck second, 8,196. But the reality here is, guys, if the Chargers don't make the playoffs, it is a massive disappointment. The offensive line has been upgraded. Herbert, though, probably needs to maybe keep those interceptions down. He had 15, third most in the league. He was also victimized by some drop passes. That's not going to help out late in games. I believe it's 38, second most in the league only to the Jets. Again, it doesn't fall all on his shoulders, but he is, after all, the franchise quarterback. 
And when we talk about the Chargers just in general, they are now in a crowded sports market in Los Angeles. They saw what the Rams just did. They won a Super Bowl and not just a Super Bowl. They did it at SoFi Stadium. And they also have to compete against USC. Yes, the Trojans, I'm sorry, MJD, but they're reloading as well. They've got Lincoln Riley. They're now rising to prominence. So for the franchise in general, they have to get as many eyeballs as possible on this franchise to sell tickets, to get butts in the seats, and to get excited. Right on. I mean, USC's people get loaded. upset about the Lakers right now. Yes, but and, and people are getting upset about Russell Westbrook and what he means to the Lakers. His knees a big old weight and albatross for the Lakers. And the local baseball team is doing well. So the Chargers, they've got a lot of competition here. So obviously for yep. them, Super Bowl or bust, a lot is on Justin Herbert's shoulders. Yeah, well, you had me going until you brought up SC, a team that gave up 62 points to UCLA. I know, they bring I know. Lincoln Riley or not. He can't play defense. He doesn't play defense. And I'm not going to go all the way over there because I'm supposed to talk about a quarterback, but you just disrespected the heck out of the U. Let's just not do that. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> we'll, we'll beat him again. Chip Kelly is way better than Lincoln Riley. He hasn't won much at Oklahoma, won't win much at USC. Let me get back to where I was talking about. Russell Wilson is the guy that we <laughs> need to talk about in this situation, the AFC quarterback that need that has the most pressure to play right now, it has to be him. You demanded your way, you got your way out of Seattle. You went and interviewed for, you know, John Elway. You interviewed the Broncos, make sure they're a great fit for you. You did all these things. They have a ton of young talent there, a young core. It's on you to take them to that next step. On top of that, I was scrolling on Twitter yesterday before I passed out around 6 p.m. And I saw that he wanted like a five-year, $250 million contract. That's what he was looking for. If you want that type of money, if you've acted that type of way, you need to produce that type of way. So for him to want that, and I think he he should get it if he performs the way he needs to perform, but you have to perform. And so it's important that Russell Wilson goes out there and does everything that he can to get the Broncos into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs of not winning a Super Bowl year one. All right, so we've got Justin Herbert now, Super Bowl or bust. Russell Wilson looking to make a quarter billion dollars. How about a guy who's losing his offensive play caller, losing his quarterback coach, and is in the middle of a situation where we're hearing everyone from Joe Judge to Matt Patricia is the OC. And oh yeah, he's going only in his second year in one of the toughest markets. I look at Mac Jones, and I think Mac Jones has a lot on his shoulders. Who has to come up huge? It's not saying like expectations, cause like I can go into Tua and what he needs to do or Derek Carr and what he needs to prove. I'm talking about who actually needs to go out there and like be really, really good. And it's Mac Jones. And he was really, really good last year. He really was. For all the, the hype about Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields going into last season, it was the fifth quarterback taken in the draft who had the best year of all of them. First year in New England, beats out Cam Newton, then goes on to have a Pro Bowl season. Look at the numbers that he had amongst all the rookie quarterbacks. And Mac Jones was that dude. He was first in every major statistical category. Passing yards, passing touchdowns, passer rating, wins. Gets them to the playoffs, and yeah, it did not go as planned. But it has not been an easy offseason for the Patriots. You lose Josh McDaniels, you lose Mick Lombardi, you lose Brandon Bolden, you lose Shaq Mason. You lose a lot of these key guys, and then you're gonna look and say, okay, well, at least we have a second year quarterback. So much on his shoulders. And I'll tell you, a lot of Patriots fans are okay. Whereas national media is freaking out about that because they're like, 
Mac was awesome last year. Seven wins in a row at one point. He's down 15 pounds, says he's in the best shape of his life. He worked out with Tom House over the offseason, Brady's old quarterback and throwing coach. Like, I think he's got to be really good. And you know what? As loaded as it is, and as much as our show hypes up the Dolphins as if they're going to go win the Super Bowl, like, Patriots are going to be fine <laughs> because they've got Mac Jones. But he better be good. And I have a feeling he will be. I'm going with Mac Jones. He needs to step up because it's not a sure thing for any second-year quarterback. And yet, I feel pretty good about Mac. Peter, he did really fill the uh, reporting to minicamp bingo board soundbite with the center square being best shape oh, yeah. of his life. I saw another one that was best he shape. lived in the gym in the offseason. Like, he got all of them. Check. So I love to see that. Our loyal viewers at home will know that we do a segment here called Not New Jersey where we highlight jerseys that you might have forgotten about, like Edgerin James was on the Seahawks or Donovan McNabb was on the Vikings. When we do not New Jersey in GMFB season 12, is it going to be Matt Ryan on the Colts? Are we going to see somebody wearing a number two Colts jersey and be like, oh my God, Matt Ryan was on the Colts? I don't think so. But I also think that Matt Ryan has a really tough gig this year in which he just needs to step in on a new team that he's never done. He's never been on a new team. He's Falcon for life. He thought he was going to be. And the Colts need to at least win one playoff game this year. With the optics of last year being, oh my God, our quarterback melted down. Just get a professional here, get an adult, and he'll clean up everything. It's not that easy. It's not that easy at all. We don't know how this is going to go. And I also think, in terms of who needs to come up huge, Matt Ryan at some point needs to be made whole. And what I mean by that is, if he retires in two years and doesn't accomplish much from here on out, the conversation for the next 50 years of his life is, Hey, he won an MVP, he won an MVP, he won an MVP, he won an MVP. Good person, good football man, good leader. And then everyone still makes their idiotic 28 to 3 jokes, which I have condemned on this show, which I think are stupid, and which I do not think he had anything to do with. And yet he's the face of that thing. And I just don't think that that's right. I would love to see a great second chapter for Matt Ryan where he proves how good he is. And he proves that one second half with terrible Kyle Shanahan play calling was not his fault. I think he is a really good quarterback. Imagine if Matt Ryan wins the MVP again this year. Outlandish? I don't know. We'll see how it takes off. But that would change everything. Because everything the guy still hears is the stupid jokes about the second half of the Super Bowl years ago in which it wasn't on him. So come on in. Live down some of those demons. Get the Colts at least to the divisional round and everything's fine. Short of that, though, kind of feels like it came up a little short, you know? Maybe Phil Rivers did the same thing when he went to Indianapolis at the end of his career. So much going on there. Peter, am I, am I being too hard on Matt Ryan here? I, I'm rooting for him. No, and you know, all the stuff you were hearing so far from Colts camp is how accurate he is and how dialed in he is. I, I, I think that we could either be in one of these deals where Matt Ryan goes like 13 and four and it's the Matt Ryan of old or yeah. the Colts don't deliver because yet again, it's a rotating door at quarterback. I would go with the former. The problem is as we go through all these quarterbacks, there's 16 teams in the AFC. About 14 of them are really good. Not all of them are going to be great. Right now, he's beaming in from what looks to be a boardroom or a hotel room. He's always in parts unknown. Former Patriots uh, front office member and Kansas City Chiefs GM and assistant GM down there in Atlanta, Mr. Scott Pioli. Scott, what's going on this morning? Good morning, Peter. Good morning to the entire crew. Not a lot going on here. Not a lot going on. You could tell because we did a... (laughs) 
a combative list from MJD about the top five most underrated catches of all time. He had a Hail Mary from the Jaguars that he was on the squad in 2010 with Gus Johnson on the call as his number one. But you've been around the game plenty of years and have seen plenty of underrated catches. Which one doesn't get enough love in the NFL lore? Peter, I listened to all of those and I watched all those at MJD and they're all great ones. But of that group, I, I went with that group. It had to be Randy Moss's one-handed grab. That mm. catch we talk about it being underrated and it was because it was just him doing Randy Moss stuff I mean if you watch this there's one shot of this from this from the end zone he's five steps off the line of scrimmage and he starts raising his hand he's like I got this guy but the guy that he was doing it to was Darrell Revis I mean for crying out loud he beat yeah. Darrell Revis like that and as you watch yeah. all those other catches, every single one of them showed so much effort in this spectacular movement, but then Randy did it completely effortlessly. He never broke stride. He just kind of lays his hand out there and the ball just fell into it. He didn't snatch it. He didn't have to do anything special. It looks like something he does all the time. And having spent a couple of years with Randy, that was something that he did all the time in practice. I believe it, and it's so awesome to hear you talk about it, Scott, who's been up close and personal to see it. Uh, I have to bring this up. Um, some critics, and by critics I mean the internet booger eaters, are worried about Tua Tonga-Vailoa's <laughs> arm strength with Tyreek Hill. And we talk about this so much, the Tua's arm strength makes me long for the uh, Kenny Pickett's hand size conversation. That's just my personal take on it, Scott. Tua had a really sharp response in which he said he's not worried about keyboard warriors. Please, what is your take on the match between Tua and Tyreek, the arm strength, and the whole story around this? Kyle, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with Tua. The pass that was allegedly under throw that ran all over the internet, Tua was sitting there wearing a bucket hat. It was three and a half weeks ago. It was when Tyreek had just arrived. And anyone who knows anything about football is when you have a speed receiver, a top speed receiver, there needs to be some time for the quarterback to get in rhythm and understand what that speed looks like. Everyone knows fast players, but until you see it in person, you don't know. So as we watch this, I was thinking about the people that were evaluating him. I, I, I love that phrase that you used to characterize him, Kyle. N not the keyboard <laughs> warriors, but the, the, the booger thing. You know, in that throw, yeah. if you cherry pick any play from any player and say, yeah. this defines what the player is, that is not the way that you evaluate players. You can make the player look too good or too bad by cherry picking snaps, by cherry picking plays. So to me, again, it's the middle of May. We're thinking about and talking about things that don't matter. Let's wait until the pads come on. I'll be more concerned about, and not even concerned, I wanna see how accurate he is. Can he get the ball in the right place at the right time? Not so much the arm strength, Kyle. Switching gears here. Uh, June, of course, is Pride Month, and the NFL is furthering conversations about the LGBTQ plus community. And last year, we saw Carl Nassib become the first active NFL player to come out. In retirement, we've seen several other players come out. Uh, you knew a player in New England by the name of Ryan O'Callaghan, who certainly was dealing with some things himself, that he was dealing with the struggle, which was real. He talked to you about it. Give the audience perspective on what was that like and how your professional relationship began with him. Well, so first of all, we drafted Ryan in 2006 in the fifth round, and he spent his first four seasons in New England. I was there with him. And when he was cut by the New England Patriots, we claimed him 
by that time, I was a general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. Brought him in there and immediately became a Chiefs starter. And we started winning some games. But unfortunately, like the beginning of his career in New England, he started dealing with some injuries. And it was during that time, Ryan and I had a very close relationship for, for a number of reasons. And it was during that time where I noticed that something was off about his personality. He wasn't the same guy that I knew when we drafted. Again, just something was off. And we had a professional relationship, but we also had a very personal relationship. He came from a family with a background of substance abuse. I did as well. So we cultivated this relationship, and there was a point in time where I really realized that something was wrong. I got him together with some of our medical people. He also reached out to some folks on his own, and he ended up going away for a little while. And when he came back, that was when the conversation really happened. Yeah, Scott, um, once your mm. staff got Ryan the help he needed, though, and he was able to, he was kind of able to focus on another aspect of his life that he was struggling with as well. Could you tell us what happened then? MJD, what happened was he came back and, uh, you know, after he took care of himself and his personal business, you know, he sought out help from a therapist. And then he called me and asked me if he, if he could meet. He wanted to talk about his career probably ending, his body was beat up. And he was really adamant about wanting to get together with me and talk to me in person. He sounded extremely urgent. So he ended up calling, he comes in, meets me in my office. Office, and I could tell right away he's he's really upset. He, Ryan's a bit of a sweater, so he walked into the office and he was sweating. And he had built up this conversation, and he, I see him, he comes in, we hug, he sits down, and he says to me, Scott, I've got to tell you something. Uh, it's not good, you're not going to be happy. I'm like, Ryan, what's the matter? You know, what happened? You, you, you know, you, you haven't had a problem with the alcohol or anything, right? And he said, no, I'm gay. I said, okay, so tell me about what's going on. What's the problem? And he looks at me and goes, Scott, I'm gay. I said, okay, Ryan, so tell me, did, did you do something? something really bad or you know is there a problem and he burst down into tears and it was in this moment this is in 2011 and he was so worried about what I was going to feel about him what his teammates were going to feel about him and he was so visibly upset he was so afraid of being found out we ended up having this long conversation he's he decided you know Scott I've made the decision I'm going to retire but I need you to keep this a secret for me and what was really really upsetting for so many years is he kept the secret for another six to seven years till he could feel comfortable about telling all of the people that he had been with in terms of his teammates, his coaches, his family. He, he had told some of his family. But to me, what Ryan had to go through personally was really difficult. And Ryan is doing so well now. He wrote a book. He started right before COVID. He started doing some speaking things. And I'll give a little plug for Ryan. If you're looking for speakers and someone to understand his life, I mean, he was near suicidal. Uh, he, he's an amazing human being who I love dearly. Scott, it's incredible work. And I know how much You've played a role in Ryan's story, but also with Sid Ziegler, the writer of the book with Ryan. And yeah. when that book was first coming out, um, how much you've been behind them. And, you know, it's Pride Month, but th these stories are for 12 months out mm. of the year. And we're in a lot better place as a country in 2022 than we were in 2011. And it's an amazing story and Ryan's strength. And of course, to have the support system, uh, including yourself, is probably very important to that young man and an important part of his life. We thank you so much for joining our show. I know you've got more work to be done here while you're, you're in a, a place of non-football, but always football during the off-season. Scott, we appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Have, have a great rest of your week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on top of that. that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying tears. (laughs) I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, football! Guys, as we start the lead block with news right here, a whoosh of energy coming out of the West Coast because of this. Rap Sheet says that Debo Samuel is expected to attend minicamp starting today with the 49ers. You know, we've covered this for a long time. Was not the voluntary workouts. There's been a trade demand, all sorts of things. And the Niners, you see in the upper left, just one of 12 teams who start their mandatory camps today. So that is kind of a big deal here in this Cold War, as at least we thought it was, between the star and the team. Debo will be there. Lot to talk about, Peter. Get in this quickly. Let's let's our uh, reactions. Yeah, we had Eric Armstead on at the draft, and he was like, "It'll take it'll take care of itself." I've spoken to Debo. It'll take care of itself. I spoke to John Lynch on and off the record. Said it'll take care of itself. This is a huge first step. It it kind of nips things in the bud for now. Debo's going to be there. Of course, he wants uh, either a trade or a new contract. Well, if he wanted to be traded so badly, he wouldn't be going to minicamp. I am sure there are conversations happening. Um, I. I can't tell you that this is a happy Debo, but this is a major, major step and a sign that things are at least in a better place than they were a month ago when all this stuff started coming up. I'll say this, Peter. Uh, the new CBA that the players and the owners negotiated uh, doesn't allow guys to hold out, right? So him going to minicamp because it's mandatory doesn't surprise me. I remember TJ Watt having a sit-in or a hold-in in Pittsburgh when he was waiting for his new deal. Might not practice, but he was there. So I think this is just something that the CBA requires the players to do. I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know what's going on. I just know Debo's not happy. And I know watching him play and seeing him play, he deserves the money that he, he's going to get like that's the problem when you're the Niners when you have a lot of good players guys expect to get paid Debo's arguably not arguably he is your best offensive player right now he needs to get paid that type of money and I know you have Bosa next so let's see as the saga continues but I am I'm glad he's there I'm glad things are working out and let's see if he practices or not in the next coming days I have to agree with Shrags on this this is a first 
positive step in the right direction for both sides that he's there. If he was really insistent on not being a 49er, I don't think he would have gone to camp. I think he would have been fine losing money, but he knows the best thing is for both sides to try to work something out. John Lynch has come out and said, I would be a fool to let go of Debo Samuel. And Samuel is what made this engine go. The 49ers offense changed once Debo Samuel was inserted as the running back. And that was because of necessity too. Let's remember they had injuries to the running game. Raheem Mostert was not there. He was not a factor. It wasn't until Elijah Mitchell much later became a factor, but it was Debo that made everything go in that offense. And also keep in mind, Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback here, guys. And they need Debo to be there, to help him out, to be that safety valve, to be that reliable safety blanket for him. So for me, this is a great positive step. And hopefully in the coming days, weeks, we'll see a contract being worked out, KB. Hopefully, yeah. It's a positive step, but let's track this closely. Don't confuse showing up for mandatory minicamp with being out there in first and 10 from the 25 in week one. Maurice touched on the hold-in situation. Just watch this next couple days. Let's see if Debo gets a hamstring strain or something like that. I I think he is there for business reasons. Of course I'm excited to see him there, and it's positive, and him not showing up would have been way more toxic. A lot of work still to be done on this. I hope he stays there. Because the fact of the matter is, the Rams took care of their guy. That's a division rival there. And the Aaron Donald news has now just been suddenly trumped by the apparent Debo Samuel news. If you didn't see the earlier parts of the show, we have been reporting this all morning. Aaron Donald, who attended Sean McVay's wedding over the weekend, agreed to a massive, massive, massive deal. New three-year deal. Not an extension, just the same time length. Over $31 million per season. The highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. Also, his head coach, Sean McVay, got married and then talked about his guy. Take it away, Sean. It's not great news. It's phenomenal, <laughs> outstanding, any nice adjective that you can uh, place around it. But it is, it's a big deal, and he's earned it. He truly is one of one, in my opinion. Means so much to me, to our organization. I think the respect that he's garnered around this league from guys that have done it at such a high level, what he's accomplished through his eight years, Kirk, is is unparalleled. And so wanted to be able to find a, a solution to you know getting him taken care of, having him continue to lead the way for our team, for our defense. And you know we had a feeling it was trending in the right direction when <laughs> And he was at our uh, at my wedding on Saturday night, so <laughs> a lot of good things have happened the last couple days. They really have, Sean, but this is not one of them. Let me explain what you're looking at. Our friends at Pro Football Focus, they came up with their top 10 list of head coach rankings, and you can put your finger up to your TV screen and scan and scan and scan. You will not see the name Sean McVay. They have their own very specific uh, metric in their analytics and their formula to determine the best coaches based on their roster and the uh, results those coaches can get out of the roster. Belichick at one, McCarthy at 10, no Sean McVay. The guy who just won the Super Bowl. The guy got to his second one. I think he did it when he was a teenager. So take this wherever you want, though. It doesn't have to be about McVay. Although, Maurice, since you're up first, I thought you might take a few hacks at this. What do you what's your, what do you make of this list right here from our friends at PFF? I don't know how Sean McVay is not there. I, I'm still kind of baffled by it. I, I believe that Sean McVay has done an awesome job since he's been the head coach starting, what, it was 32? Maybe younger than that. I forget what it was at the time. I, I might have been 32 when that happened. But this is the thing. Ever since he's been in the National Football League as the head coach for the Los Angeles Rams, they've been ranked in the top of offense. They win the to back-to-back Super Bowls. They've been to the playoffs. They missed the playoffs one year. Uh, he's just been a winner. And let's not remember, he won with the team 
the year before with Jeff Fisher that won four games or five games. And so he took a team from there and they just took off. And so he's been used to winning. It seems like uh, the whatever, whatever algorithm or whatever deal that uh, PFF is using doesn't account for just wins. He's a flat out winner with whoever it may be. Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Robert Woods, Brandon Cook, Sammy Watkins, different offensive linemen, different defensive coordinators. Every year of Sean McVay's career, he's lost an assistant coach to either being a head coach or being an OC somewhere else. And yet he continues to win. I mean, it's ridiculous that he's not on this list. He might be number one in the league right now, and he's not there in the top 10. I would add this point, you know, for all the dream team talk, and I look at the way that PFF did this, and they're like, based on the roster, who got the most out of their roster over a longest period of time. For all the dream team talk, in the final quarter of the Super Bowl, he didn't have Odell Beckham. He, he did not have Robert Woods. He had Cooper Cup. He had Ben Skoralnik. He had Bryson Hopkins, and he had Stafford and Daryl Henderson. And guess what? They found a way to win so for all that dream team stuff it wasn't like it was all these all pros out there but forget mcveigh not being in the top 10 how about kingsbury at four gosh i mean all i hear about is that this guy can't coach right i mean that's all we hear that this this team always falls apart and then how about the respect pff has given kingsbury and to me, this is what's interesting because I think Cliff's done a tremendous job in Arizona. Look at what they've done in his three years as coach and look at where the trajectory is. So he gets there and it's that first year with Kyler and they're in last place, five, 10 and one. Next year, they fell apart at the end, they go eight and eight. Last year, they go 11 and six. If you're following this, it's three wins, then three wins. All right, they should be going 14-3 this year. That's what's expected if the trajectory's right. For PFF to put Kingsbury at fourth overall, I know he just re-signed and got a new contract from the Cardinals. I'm not sure what they paid him. I might want to rip that contract up and then just hand the owner this list and say, forget Tomlin and McVay, I'm fourth. Give me that money. A little surprised and kind of like it. Yeah, not really feeling that pick or a lot of this list here, Shregs, because keep in mind with Kingsbury, the team has faded in the second half of the last two seasons. So to have him up that high, I hear what you're saying about the trajectory, but he's got to close. The same goes with Shanahan. Love Shanahan, offensive wizard, and what he does with that offense, but he has to close. So I'm scratching my head with some of those choices. What is most mind-boggling for me is the fact that Mike Tomlin is not on this top 10 list. Why is he not on this list? After 16 seasons, never has had a losing record in what's been the most consistently competitive division in the NFL. 10 playoff appearances, seven division titles, two Super Bowl appearances, and a Super Bowl ring. He got to 500, 500 with Mason Rudolph as his quarterback. He got to the playoffs last season with Ben Roethlisberger, who was a shell of himself. It was weakened at Ben's, the way that that offense was trotted out there with Ben Roethlisberger. So he has been 500 or better since 2007 and gets the most out of this roster and developing guys. I am just absolutely floored that he is not on the list. It just surprises me that McCarthy is number 10. What? Over Tomlin? No. I'm going to break script here. I was going to talk about Matt LaFleur. This, is this the worst list I've ever seen in my life? All right, let, let me try to contextualize <laughs> here. All right. 
Our friends at PFF. Okay, go for they it. They approach things differently. And I pulled up the list. Let me just try to explain, all right? They made this based on uh, accounting for the team's talent level. They created a, quote, multi-level model where the fixed effects are the salaries of each starter on both sides of the ball, including an indicator for if the player is a rookie. In other words, they go deep. But, like, my God, do you remember last Memorial Day, there was this viral article that came out where this writer, I don't know his name, came out and said, grilling food on a grill is the worst thing to do. It's disgusting. It's not efficient. It's actually a terrible thing to do. And the entire United States of America just pounced on this person. I don't want to accuse PFF of trolling here, but I just, when they start talking about their multi-level model, normally we follow and we love it. And they come from at it differently. But I feel like I'm talking to my friend who's like in, into crypto and telling me I got to get, you know, cyber dollars and I'll have a yacht. Like, I know football and I know there's many metrics by which to decide them. I know Mike McCarthy ain't top 10. I, I, I just I just know it. I know Sean McVay is top 10. So I'm trying to like mm-hmm. dislocate my spine to bend over backwards because of my respect for PFF. But here in the collective room here in Good Morning Football, I'm starting to feel some distaste for the list by any metric possible. And Peter, help me here. We love PFF. I don't know if this is their best work. I, and I think that's on, fair. Peter. You know, the Beatles had crappy albums. On, Peter. There comes this point where there has to be an editorial chief and Chris Collinsworth has to look at this list and say, we're good with this. And you know what? <laughs> Collinsworth must have looked at this list and said, yep, I'm good with this. I think it's a ridiculous list too, but they have their algorithm. They have their model. And I give them a little respect. They could have gone chalk and just said, well, Mike Tomlin's had a lot of years and Pete Carroll's had a lot of years and consistency and they've had elongated times in the league. They went with Kingsbury and McCarthy. Okay. All right. I should say this. PFF just edited. They put out 2.0 and they got Matt Rule as the number one coach in the NFL. So they're just going to do what they want to do and that's fine and we respect (laughs) it. Those guys really went for it on that one. If you haven't, (laughs) check it out and we will see you guys tomorrow. It's a great list for Mike McCarthy. That's it. Peter, show us the Emmy again. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.